0: Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans.
1: Hello out there warriors, past and present, and your families, and thank you for serving our great country. Welcome to season three of Your Next Mission video podcast, a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation. I'm Jack Altilli, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army. Always got to throw that in, in your host. I personally want to thank our presenting sponsors, Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families. And I always say, we love them too. We have a great show for you today. In fact, we have a, a wonderful show for you today. We're going to be focusing on veterans and hospice, and I'm uh, I'm excited to introduce Claude Smead. I don't make sure I don't mess that up. Retired Colonel, U.S. Army, chairman of Veterans Last Patrol, sir. So good to have you on the podcast,
0: sir. Major, distinct pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, not a problem, sir. I, I'm sure the audience wants to.
1: Hear everything about the the last patrol and and but before we do that, could you could you tell the Honest a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, I'm a retired Army Colonel. I served 31 years in the Army. Loved every minute of it. Wish I could go back, and uh, <laughs> I just uh, I miss it. I want to keep giving back to veterans, which is one of the reasons we we're doing this nonprofit. There you go.
1: Well, you know it's funny you said because you spent 31. I spent 36. So I count. I tell everybody that spent less time than me. I call them quitters. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. That's a long but, time uh, We But we all serve what we can. <laughs> that's for sure. Sir, please tell us about Veterans Last Patrol. You know, how did it get started, and what's your mission?
0: Well, we started about three years ago. Our mission is what we call the last patrol of a veteran's life. And basically, that's end of care. We are a volunteer organization. We seek volunteers to help us reach out to and support veterans on their last patrol. As veterans, we all know about patrolling, air, sea, and land patrol. And the way we look at it, if a veteran's in end-of-life care, that's their last patrol. And our mission is to try to bring them friendships, honors, and support on that last chapter of life.
1: This is, you know, that's really some amazing work, that's for sure. How does does the um, process work in finding a veteran for hospice and assigning a a veteran to visit uh, somebody there?
0: Well, basically, uh, hospice is a very large operation around the country. Anywhere you go, there's hospice care taking place. And anywhere in this country, there will be veterans that are living and retiring and then eventually dying. Hospice is pretty much an end-of-life medical process. So when somebody reaches a state of care in their latter part of their lives, and they're not going to be able to uh, live too much longer, there are companies that are hospice care providers. They're working with nursing homes. They're working with private facilities. And we find those through our volunteer network and through the hospice network around the country. We're looking for those veterans because there are a lot of lonely veterans out there. And we want to make sure on the last patrol that those veterans have a fellow veteran nearby. They're not alone, that they have a chance to talk about their service again. And we visit with them, we honor them, and we basically work with hospitals around the country. Anywhere you are, we can work with you to do that last patrol for a veteran.
1: I would think that you have a lot of... Of veterans that are homeless.
0: Well, unfortunately, that's actually one of the inspirations of our mission. You know, we've heard, all heard these stories about someone that was homeless, maybe died without a family. Sometimes the word gets put out in the veterans' community, and you will hear veterans and friends of veterans will go to those funerals. And we were saying to ourselves, well, why can't we find these people before they pass away and try to honor them one more time and thank them and help them? So that's what we started to do: is network with hospices around the country find out where these veterans are and then we'll go visit them we'll serve them and we'll try to bring in special assistance and basically it's friendships you know veterans are all about camaraderie and teamwork and that last patrol concept comes from that is to try to help each other out all the way through your final chapter of life yeah,
1: yeah you know i i was uh, talking a little while ago i'm going to talk about it at the end of the show i had a good uh, a friend of mine that worked with me in a an assignment that i was with and he uh and he called me on the phone one day. He says, hey, Sergeant Major, I, I have cancer. I said, well, you know, what's going on? He said, well, I got to go to Walter Reed. And uh, mm-hmm. he went to Walter Reed, and, and I guess they opened him up and psh, closed him back up, said there wasn't nothing they could do. So he, they brought him back home, and, uh, and they uh, uh, took him home, really, to, to pass away. And so I remember his wife calling me and says, how, you know, how can you, you know, I need certain things. And boy, I was right there. I tried to do all that. And when I, I, I tell you that story, because when I initially started off, everybody was there around him to help him out. But as he, as he got closer to the end of his life, uh, people started, I'm not saying they shied away. Maybe they felt uncomfortable. Uh, they didn't know what to say right. or whatever. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a, that's just really just tough business to do. I mean, it's hard especially if you know the person, I guess. And maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit easier if you don't know them, I don't know, but. uh.
0: It's probably, it is a little easier if you don't know them, but it's still difficult. And that's one of the reasons why we have a hard time, the hospice community around the nation has a hard time getting volunteers because it's not that easy to do this type of uh, volunteer work. But as veterans, you know, you and I and the rest of the veteran community, we feel we owe something to each other. We're part of a brotherhood. Yeah. And when we get in a hard time like this and there's, you know, hardly anything harder than, facing your own death. We don't want to do that alone. No. So we're asking fellow veterans to get involved with this volunteer work. You can do it anywhere. It's really just lending an ear. A lot of times you go visit these veterans is more just listening. Yeah, You don't have, to, you just listen. You let them tell their story one more time. And You know, we, we also know that many veterans, they often they're not big talkers. Uh, they don't necessarily tell other people too much about their service or about their own experiences in the military. But what we find and our volunteers tell us is, is at the end of life, a veteran who's soon gonna pass away, they often wanna share their story one more time. And, and they often will enjoy sharing with a new friend, maybe one more time. And it's just remarkable the bonds that you can you can make in these situations. Yeah.
1: Do, you, do you have a lot of military spouses? Do they get involved with the process too or?
0: Absolutely, it's a good question, uh, Sergeant Major. We we do get a lot of veteran spouses. We also get uh, family members of veterans, uh, sometimes surviving spouses, sometimes grandchildren. Maybe they have a particular loved one that really meant something to them, and uh, understandably so. They served, you know, World War II or what have you, and they didn't themselves serve. But we look for volunteers of all kinds, not just veterans. A lot of times, those people have a particular. Uh, heart for veteran stories, and uh, we're, we're we're thrilled to have them join our team.
1: Yeah. Sir, what challenges do you face when dealing with veterans in hospice or at the end of life care? Which Is there a lot of challenges there for you?
0: Well, sir, I made you hit the main one really was just the difficulty of this type of work. Many people are, are cautious, understandably so, about going into a situation where there's going to be a death pretty soon. So, you know, it takes a special person to do that, but we think again that the veterans community, because of our brotherhood, because of our connections, because of our mission, and our understanding of the idea of patrolling—you know, all patrols, air, sea, and land—are best done as part of a team. You don't want to patrol alone. Yeah. Same thing in, in death and in the dying process. You know, we can we can uh, help these veterans as they're facing their end by just being there for them and listening to them and. Visiting and providing that companionship.
1: Yeah. my my wife did that one time. She went to, to hospice. She volunteered, and and uh, what the way they set it up was, uh, th- there was like a schedule. You'd stay there for four hours or whatever the time limit is, and uh, and she stayed for four hours and she came back and she said, "I can't do it anymore." I mean, I can't do that. And so, you know, she it was really it was really tough for her. And so she tried to work through it, but uh, she I guess she just couldn't do it. And it's it's just hard. I get I. I would think that it would it would be easier if you didn't know the person again. But it, it is. Yeah. It, it's yeah. easier if
0: you don't know the person, but you know it's still going to be difficult, more difficult for some, and it's it's not something for everybody. But you know, it's also that's not the only thing we use volunteers for. Uh, and we can talk about some of our missions in a moment yeah. if you if sure. you the opportunity. Yeah. But it's uh, uh, you know, we're looking for these patients too. We're looking for so if you're out there and you hear about a case where somebody needs a friend, it may not be you. You may feel that's not right for you, but you know, this is a person that was a Vietnam veteran or something, and they they could really use somebody to talk to. We'll try to find some in that community that would be a good fit for them and, and might have something in common with them that they would they would spend some time to share together. And, it, and the average volunteer, by the way, is doing about an hour a week. So you visit your your patient, your veteran patient, about an hour a week, and and uh, the families, by the way, of the dying veterans really appreciate it too because then they see that the veterans community you know, cares about each other up to the very end. And you may have never had anything in common with this person. He might be Korea. You might be Desert Storm. And yet you, as a veteran, you still got that bond. So you come back in and you show that to the family, too. And, and they said, wow, uh, these veterans, you know, this this young man didn't know my grandfather, and yet he comes in from, from just to be a volunteer, just spend some time with him. And it, it means a lot. It shows the, the power of that veteran bond.
1: We're talking with Colonel retired uh, Claude Smee, chairman of the Veterans Last Patrol, and you're watching Your Next Mission podcast with me, your host Jack Uptilly, 12th Sergeant Major. You know I mean, and don't forget if you're enjoying this discussion, I know this is if you're listening, this is a hard talk. This is a hard uh, thing to talk about, and uh, we need to make sure that uh, we're honest with each other and we help each other. But if you're enjoying this discussion, please like us. Click on that button below and and subscribe because we're all part of a family. And we need to help each other. And we need to, you know, we, like the colonel said, we're all part of a family, we're all part of a team, and this is, uh, this is tough business. But we can't forget about these critical things that go on, especially in the end of life, that we got to stick together. Sir, uh, to continue our discussion, uh, the veterans, you and your volunteers are, are in their final days of their lives. Isn't it hard for someone who doesn't know anything about them to connect? Is it hard for somebody if I don't know you? Is hard for me to connect? I guess if I'm if I'm a Vietnam veteran and I'm talking to a, an Iraqi war veteran, one or the other is hard for those guys to connect.
0: Well, you always got this issue of that they don't know each other initially, but I believe uh, veterans have a special way of, of making that connection. You know, it doesn't matter whether you were Iraq, Afghanistan, World War II. You still remember wearing the uniform. You still remember the, the discipline required, the hardships that were needed. Uh, So you have a lot in common. Maybe you've been in the same parts of the world. You know, there's always things in common and just just that camaraderie. And, you know, yeah, you have to get used to the person. But uh, it's kind of the idea of service that powers them and empowers us that, you know, we serve together. Maybe it's 40 years, 50 years apart, but we still serve. And now uh, we want to come back and show you the veterans and hospice care that we still care about you. And we honor your service even at this very late stage.
1: Yeah, you know, I, again, I think they, they always bridge that gap of service. It doesn't matter if you're Vietnam or Iraq or whatever. It's really funny when I'm out talking to uh, whomever, and uh, even when I was on active duty, it, it didn't make a difference because we, we still have a lot in common. One, one of the things I was talking about, I wrote it down here a second ago, uh, you just can't throw somebody in there. How do you certify somebody for this, for this kind of work?
0: Well, basically, uh, an interested volunteer would first start off by coming out to our web page, typically, which is veteranlastpatrol.org, and you would go there and you'd fill out a contact tab, and then we reach out to you and talk a little more about the mission, what the expectations and needs are in your geographical area, and then what we'll do is we'll refer that veteran to a hospice that's in their community. So let's say somebody's in Los Angeles, for instance, you know, we're gonna seek out a hospice care provider for them in Los Angeles that has veteran patients. And then we'll connect them with that local hospice uh, coordinator in Los Angeles, using that example. So hospices are, you know, there's a lot of confidentiality in medical care. So it's difficult just to provide personal information, obviously right up front, but we make that connection to the hospice provider. And pretty soon, once you're on board there, you can you'd have an opportunity to visit someone
1: yeah uh, are the families are, uh, a lot of the families I guess participate and get involved in what you're doing right I mean you said that a minute ago
0: yeah they do I mean the families the families of volunteers often get involved you know they may come and help uh, honor a veteran in hospice that might be in a nursing home or might be at their private home by the way about half hospice care in the country right now is done in a private home so somebody that's in that dying process often prefers to stay at home as they can if they can. So the, the volunteer's family may be involved. Uh, we're looking for people, for instance, and also family members do a lot of this, is is write cards of gratitude. Because one of the things that the volunteer network uh, brings to the patient are cards from Americans around the country that uh, have written a card and just thanking the veteran one more time for his service. And as I said a moment ago, the family of the patients oftentimes are involved too. You know, they That's what's so powerful about this. They'll see the the veterans community come back into the picture, even if their loved one had no uh, involvement with veterans groups or anything for the last several decades, when they're in the dying process, it's remarkable a lot of times, the veteran patient will remember that his military service is one of the most important parts of his life. And even if he was disconnected from the veterans community for a long time, he he likes it and wants to get involved with it again at the last stage of his life. And so the volunteers would come to those pictures and the families would see that And that's what I'm saying is that the families will oftentimes really appreciate what we're doing. And a lot of times, an extra benefit is to volunteer because they're in military experience themselves. Many times they can learn things about the dying veteran just because of the nature of maybe the military conversation that the family may not have realized. I remember I had a case one time where the gentleman had dementia. And uh, even though he was difficult to communicate with, because I was there and I kind of knew the questions to ask, I was able to figure out that he'd actually been involved in some construction projects on uh, down on uh, in uh, San Antonio for the military after World War II, and the family never knew that. So it was a conversation that I was able to kind of uh, get out of the discussion, and, uh, and so the families appreciated all around. Yeah.
1: Sir, sir I, I just listening to you talk and stuff, I'm sure that some of the people that you that you go visit, uh, uh, the uh, veteran, probably come back a little depressed. Do you have counselors on your staff that help the the, the people that volunteer as far as any kind of therapy they may need? Or?
0: I think oftentimes the best counselor is another volunteer. You know, we talk to each other, and and but believe it or not, most of the volunteers uh, are actually getting motivated by these visits because they are so... Uh, pleased that they were able to do something meaningful for a veteran who's on his last patrol. They uh, like to hear the stories, especially a, a lot of them are, you know, hearing things about history. Maybe they didn't realize about how they did their training in World War II or, or what Korea was like, you know, 50 years ago. So there's uh there's, a, there's, there's an element there of, you know, psychological reinforcement that we need to do. But basically, uh, most people get motivated by these types of volunteer requirements. And, and but it does take a person who's willing to do that.
1: Do, do, do most people stay for a long time helping you out? Are your volunteers, are they like short, term, you know, like a year, six months or whatever? Or do they stay for as long as they can, you know, 10, 10 years, five? Most, or, of,
0: yeah. most of them stay. I mean, we're a new nonprofit. We've only been doing this for three years. And we started it, uh, you know, because we learned that the hospice community is, is desperate for volunteers. Yeah. It's part of the process and they're particularly interested in veteran volunteers because they know the importance of that veteran to veteran connection so our mission basically is trying to uh, motivate and recruit veterans to to do this type of volunteering wherever you are around the country again you know people will say well I'm not near a military base so is there something for me to do or I don't have a VA in my town can I can I help and their answer is absolutely you know 97% of Veteran medical care is done outside of the VA system and not part of military bases. So wherever you are, chances are there's a veteran pretty close to you that's in hospice care, and, and you can help
1: them. Yeah. Uh, most of your volunteers are the younger or older, or older or right in the middle there, I guess. Actually, most of them
0: probably a little older. Yeah. Many of them are, are, you know, kind of reaching that latter stages of their own professional lives or, or lives. So I would say the average age is probably 50, 60 it's something that uh you know re- if you're retired and you're looking for something to do and you want to give back to the veterans community and you feel like you you've got a welcoming ear for you know one of our fellow soldiers airmen seamen uh you know you can do it, you can do it wherever you are is my point and uh, uh it's a flexible schedule you know if you are working still you can only do it in the evenings and weekends that's fine if you are if you're retired of course then you've got that flexibility
1: yeah one of thing we'll take a great. How often do you do? I mean, if somebody does uh, uh, helps a veteran that's passing away, there is it like once every six months, once every ninety days, or it's
0: it's up to the volunteer really. But the average is about once a week. You know, you'll visit about once a week, spend about an hour or so at the home with the veteran or in the nursing home with them. Uh, so that's, that's roughly what the commitment is, you know, about an hour a week. You need to be able to put that in it. Some, some people might do more. Some people might actually be visiting a couple of patients at the same time. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, that's the average is about an hour a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so you're like, it's, it's like a shift work. I spend an hour, you spend an hour, somebody else spends an hour. Do you just rotate? So you constantly have somebody there with them?
0: Well, most of, remember most of these veterans that are in hospice care and on their last patrol, just like our ordinary citizens that are in hospice care, they're, they're in a facility somewhere, so they have other other people around them, or they're at a private home, and uh, so they don't need you know constant visitors. And uh, but it's when the volunteer is able to go, and 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 uh, we generally like to do it at least once a week for an hour. Uh, sometimes it, it could be more. It really depends on the volunteer and in the time they have available. And, you know, we'll figure out something good for them to do.
1: Yeah. That, do, you do you do it? Do you do it once a week? Do you do the hour once a week yourself?
0: Yes. I've been volunteering for the last three years myself. Uh, and it's just uh, been an amazing experience. And I've, I've, you know, I've got some great stories I can tell you. Uh, just what you learn from these men and women that have served your nation in the past is, is remarkable. And just one quick story. One of my earliest cases, the gentleman was a, World War II veteran. He was a uh, landing craft operator going into Normandy. And uh, when I met him, he was alone. You know, he'd lost his wife. Uh, He had his wife's urn next to him on the couch. So she was there, had a TV in front of him, small room, and it was just him by himself most of the day with his caregiver. And uh, so I'd go see him and, you know, have a conversation once a week and we'd tell stories and I'd listen to stories and one of his uh, great stories I always remember is he, during the landing in D-Day, Jason Landcraft got shot up really bad, and some of their crew went into the water and were wounded. And this gentleman that I met, he, he dove into the water, uh, pulled out one of his fellow uh, Navy crew members from the Jason Landcraft, saved his life, basically. And those two guys made a lifetime bond, and the gentleman he saved sent him a, a box of cigars for like 43 years every year on the anniversary of D-Day. Oh, my goodness, yeah. He just... You hear you hear great stories like that.
1: Yeah, you, you just made me think of one right here. I was uh, I was at the fiftieth anniversary of Normandy uh, yeah. over there, and I went with uh, in fact, the factory president was there and a whole bunch of different people. And I was there. I was, I was I got I had some free time. because I was walking around on the beach down there, an incredible place. And uh, when I was walking around, uh, I seen a lone person sort of walking around, and I didn't know if this where this from. So I, you know, a GI, they want to talk to everybody, so. I walked up, sir, how are you doing? He said, well, not too good. I said, well, Jesus, anything I can do? He said, no, not really. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, well, I came on Normandy Beach. I was one of the, the, uh, the people that landed on Normandy Beach. I said, well, geez, you're still alive. I mean, things are doing good. He says, no, that's, that's not the issue. He said, uh, to survive, I had to pull a body over me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the only way it's right. And, and really, quite frankly, he felt guilty about that. He said, "You know, I should have died yeah. here." And I said, uh, "I told him, I said, you know, God has us, uh, puts us on this earth to do what we're supposed to be doing. You know, He has special jobs for all of us.'" And I said, uh, "God yeah. didn't want you to die that day, and what you did was correct. And so, you know, even though you, you, know, I can never change the way that you feel, but uh, you did what was right. You did what, what anybody else would have, would have done. So that's that stuff." Let's, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're watching Your Next Mission video podcast.
2: You're watching Your Next Mission, proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at PurdueGlobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, they're funding your dreams. Learn more at VeteransUnited.com. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilley.
1: Welcome back. Before we get back to our discussion with Colonel Smead, I want you to know that you can reach out to me directly. Tell us about your transition. Tell us what topics you'd like me to cover. You can call or, or text me at 844-424-1134, and I'll actually reach back out to you. Or you can send me an email at smatilly at yournextmission.org. Okay, let's pick it up where we left off. Sir, we're, we're heading into our final segment with you today, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and I have enjoyed it a great deal. And we just really have, just have a couple more questions. Can you tell us uh, the various ways in, that uh, you honor these veterans and hospice uh, at end-of-the-life care?
0: Yes, yeah, our Major. Thanks again for that question and the opportunity here today. To, first of all, you can find out a lot about us on our website, which is VeteranLastPatrol.org. We've got uh, stories there. We've got newsletters that we've been publishing once a quarter. We've got a contact tab. We've got links to our social media. So that's how you can get started. And we really have a three-part mission. It's friendships, honors, and support. So those three elements that we're trying to do for the veterans on the last patrol. And these veterans are all over the country. Hospices and nursing homes are in every community in America, and that's where they are. So wherever you live as a veteran, you can you can help us in those communities. Yeah, did,
1: did you say they're in every state uh, there's an uh, organization like you, or you connect to every state?
0: We have right now volunteers in 23 states good question thanks for asking that uh, but wherever you may be if you're listening to this podcast watching this show and, and your interest in this mission it uh, doesn't matter where you are chances are there's an opportunity for you to help there because there are nursing homes all over America Now a lot of hospice care takes care takes place in these nursing homes or home hospice care so you know people wherever people are dying which is everywhere, there's a need for hospice and there's an opportunity for volunteering. Yeah. I, I,
1: how did you get involved with this? I mean, what, what led you down this path to uh, doing yeah. this kind of work?
0: Well, the the answer there is my last job on active duty as a chief of the Wounded Warrior Flight Program, which is the operation that evacuated our wounded from overseas. And I did that for about three years and got a chance to meet thousands of our nations wounded and talking to them and hearing their stories. And it didn't take long for me to realize that no matter what somebody's adversity, they want you to know what happened to them. They want you to know their story. They need somebody to talk to. And so when I was retiring, I was looking around for things to do. And I remembered that my mom, once as I was, when I was a child, she decided to volunteer in hospice. And she would come home to the dinner table and tell me, and my two brothers, what she learned from week to week as she was volunteering in hospice. And I was a little guy there. And then when I was retiring from the Army, I said, Well, I remember that. And I wonder, I wonder what happens to veterans when they go into hospice. So I began to research it. Yeah. Sure enough, I, I found out that it's a, it's a tough time for the veterans that are dying naturally. They're in a lot of adversity. I mean, what's more adverse than facing your own death? But also that there's a need for other vet, veterans to get involved. You know, there's, there's an opportunity to volunteer, and these hospitals all over the country are le- looking for volunteers. And that's our mission to try to help them find
1: it. There you go. So now you're going to love this question. Now, I understand you have a couple of major events that are coming up. Yes. Tell the honest a little bit about those.
0: I will. I will. Thank you for the opportunity. So every year around the holiday season, we are collecting uh, holiday cards, personalized cards from American citizens all over the country, even overseas, that would like to say thank you for your service one more time to veterans that are on their last patrol. This is very likely to be those veterans last Christmas season, and if you want to say thank you to them again, you can send us a holiday card. And last year, we got the holiday card packets out to 7,000 dying veterans around the country all over the the communities. This year, our goal is 10,000 veterans to try to get a a card packet of a half dozen or so cards from different states, different organizations, school, children, churches, businesses, military units. If you want to get involved sending some gratitude to veterans that are about to face their last holiday season. That's called Operation Holiday Slew. And again, if you go to our website, veteranlastpatrol.org there's an explanation there of how to get involved and how we need those cards when we need them by simple act of kindness that can mean a lot to someone who's on their last patrol.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember when I was, uh, Oh, deploy, I've been deployed a lot of places, just like yourself. And I remember that, that card that came to me every once while—they give it to you. and You read them from a, a young person yeah. or a, a soldier or, or a, a family member, or whatever. It really does make yeah. you feel good. It uh, sort of picks you up for be. the day, especially if you're having a you're having a rough day. You know, how can somebody reach out to you? And you know, maybe you give the website a minute, but donate uh, or volunteer for this great work that you're doing.
0: Well, again, thank you for asking that question. That's very important. It's, if you visit our website, veteranlastpatrol.org, uh, a lot of information out there. So there is a donate tab out there if you want to contribute to our cause financially. We also have a uh, logo merchandise. So if you want a Last Patrol hat or a Last Patrol shirt, like you're wearing here with our match, that's <laughs> good. Uh, you can you can get that out there at the website under our merchandise page. Uh, There are old newsletters. We do a quarterly newsletter, they're out there. Uh, So send us an email, uh, write to us at the website there, veteranlastpatrol.org. And as I said, we're on on social media. We're posting stories almost daily on Facebook, Instagram, and the rest of them. And uh, we like to advertise what our volunteers are doing. And uh, it it means a lot. So if you're looking for something to volunteer, spend some time, a couple hours every week or so, uh, and you feel like you wanna, give back to your veterans community, those, those of your brothers that are on their last patrol. We need you. If somebody donates to
1: you, what do you use the money for? I mean, is there a cost is associated with the, with the burial
0: or whatever? We have a lot of needs for financial resources. Uh, we're, we're pretty much an all-volunteer organization, but uh, we have a lot of outreach going on. We have uh, what we call honor ceremony kits, which include uh, quilts, patriotic handcrafts, certificates. Uh, we mail those around the country for presentations to veterans that are in hospice care. Uh, the Operation Holiday Salute, I mentioned men ago, that national card campaign and the preparation for that, the shipping of that, you know, it's thousands of dollars to do things like that. Uh, so we, we do look for financial support. It helps us reach more veterans. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sir, any final thoughts, anything you want to share with the audience?
0: Well, it's just uh, it's a volunteer organization. You know, that's our weapon systems, our fellow volunteers, yeah. and whatever branch of service. So even if you weren't a veteran, like I said earlier, we, we look for anybody who has a special affinity to the veterans and, and, and the duty and commitment they gave to our country. And we just want to make sure that uh, you're not alone. You know, we, we've been in this fight for a long time together as a nation. And uh, I think uh, by serving our fellow veterans today, and showing that even through the last patrol, we're taking care of them. It's also a demonstration of the next generation. Those young people see out there that the veterans uh, are gonna take care of each other up until the end of life. Uh, Those young people are more likely to serve because they they will recognize that's really a commitment and that we're gonna stick together until the end.
1: Yeah, I was talking to a couple of young guys that's in the studio a few minutes ago, and we was talking about uh, when you're that young you never think it's ever going to be over. You think you're going to live forever. Right. But the real answer is that uh, life goes on. People rotate through this life and, and go into another life, uh, hopefully go to heaven. But, uh, yeah, sir, I just, before we get off here, I, I just want to tell you, from me, from this old soldier, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's something a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people don't hear do anything about it. They just sort of let it work through their system. But uh, you're you're doing God's work, and I just want to, I just wanna thank you for what you're doing because you're making a difference, making a big difference and I appreciate well, it. Well, I appreciate
0: that Sergeant yeah. Major. We, we hope that we are, we think that we are, and I believe the volunteers really get a lot out of this mission. And uh, I don't know if anybody else that really pursues this the same way we do. There are a lot of veterans nonprofits, and there's so much important work to be done out there. Yeah. But like you said, in, end of life care is something like the by and large people don't really wanna be part of too much. Yeah. And, uh, but as veterans, I think we owe it to each other. You know, we were teamed teammates. When we were in uniform, and we should be teammates until the end.
1: Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. whoa
0: whoa
1: that's right. Okay, thanks to Colonel Retired Claude uh, Schmid. I'm Jack Altelli, 12th Sergeant Major. You've been watching your next edition video podcast, and I've done I've a lot of podcasts. This is probably one of the most important. So it's about the it's about the end of life. Uh, anyway, it's it's something you can't shy away from, and Certainly do something with it if you can. Thank you for watching today. And please visit our website uh, on yournextmission.org. And leave me a review. Uh, I always say, I hope it's a good review, but if it's not, I can take that too. You can also visit our uh, partners there who can provide you with so many services that will assist you in your transition from the military. Also visit visit our corporate partners who uh, have so many jobs that, uh, that are available for you please know we want to assist you any way we can. Please, you know, this is a tough subject, but please know we want to assist you any way we can, whether or not it's at the beginning or at the end. Please follow me on all my personal social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and, and LinkedIn. And if you've enjoyed our discussion with uh, Colonel Smead, please like us. Click on that uh, subscribe button below. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Please leave me a message or send me an email at 844-424-1134 or, or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to Colonel Smead for being with us today. It was great having you on the podcast. And uh, and and at the end of every show, I always want to have my uh, final thoughts. And, and today I, I, I told a story a minute ago about a good friend of mine that uh, was passing away. And and he had cancer. And, and I, re- I remember everybody going there and... And looking and talking to him and being very supportive, but as time went on, people started to shy away. They they started to feel uncomfortable. Uh, they didn't want to necessarily go to his house because they didn't watch him. Uh, they didn't watch him pass away, but I did. I went every I don't want to say it, it was every day. Probably well, I probably I think it was every day. Every day I went to his house, and I didn't spend a long time probably there. I, hopefully I stayed an hour. I'm sure I stayed an hour, but but I just sit there and listened. I listened to the things that he had to say, I, I laughed at a joke, it <laughs> probably wasn't funny. But it's about loyalty, it's about God, it's about believing. It's about helping your fellow service member. It's about never ever allow yourself to forget the kind of sacrifices our veterans make for us. You know, somebody told me, and I know now it's 1% of our country serve, never forget We're part of a family. And never forget, we need to help each other. Again, thanks for watching. Uh, Thanks to Cloud Class Media. Thanks to, of course, New Mind Studios. And of course, our our four presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. We appreciate all you do for our military. And as always, see you on the high ground. -ah! Hooah! (laughs) Hooah!
0: You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.